It's Gigi and Ori. We're back. And you know what? One of our boys has to dip out like real quick. So we're going to pull an audible here. That's a football term, Tim. That's a oh. that's a sports term. <laughs> I thought it was about books on tape. Nope, it's not. It's a sports term for where the planned play is replaced by an on-the-fly play oh. to trick up the defense. Okay? Mm-hmm, 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 so we're going to do an audible and do a, a Dear Gary. A trick is made. But just like, uh, what's that guy on the, the Fox News guy that says do it live? Uh, it's not Bill de Blasio. No, it's the guy that got fired. It's Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly, that's it. Yeah, We're going to do it live. <laughs> okay? We're going to do a Dear Gary live. And then, and then we'll play soon like a proper game of D&D. So we're going to start out by, instead of getting something from our patrons or from Reddit, Thick. we are going to take a question from our own players. And Jim, I think you had a question for us. <laughs> Dear Gary, I heard on GG No Re that 5e was the best system, as voted for by the players of GG No Re. It seemed everyone liked 5e. Uh, why is this? <laughs> okay, first of all, I would like to say that we didn't actually say that, right? <sighs> I mean, somebody asked us, was this in Discord or was this on an episode? This was on an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, at much to my dismay, I wasn't here that night. Yeah. And I said... Uh, Okay, surely someone's going to say something interesting and original. But no, it's just a bunch of five years. And five E's all the way down. And I think people, the thing I hear mm-hmm. when, I, when I look at this <laughs> is that 5E is everyone's second favorite system. I hear you saying that. <clears throat> and it 5e. is for me okay. as well. It's my second favorite. The second favorite system. Yeah, because it is, um, you know, stop judging. Stop judging. Because it's like a combination of uh, it's a melange if you will mm-hmm. of some old school stuff with the new school stuff that the the average normie gamer likes and it's easily hackable to deal with the stuff you don't like so although i wouldn't if i got to say hey you can play whatever you want to daniel do whatever you want i would not choose 5e but if i had to choose 5e i wouldn't be too sad about it I feel like your number one, though, is many uh, hacks of old school D&D. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's, it's got to be like at least you know, 20 or maybe an indefinite number of systems. So Yeah, I don't really care what system it is if it's some hack of old school I D&D. I believe, if I recall correctly, if my memory serves, I believe Daniel was the only one who dissented. And he named Into the Odd as one competitor. Yeah. Yep, uh, yep, yep. He also named uh, Apocalypse World, I think, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. I'm not sure. There's, there's, a, there's a hack for Apocalypse World called Simple World, I think. It's, it's free. I think it's free. And it, it's just showing you how Apocalypse World was created, at least mechanically. And the idea is just 2d6 plus stat and then have stuff that happens on a success, <laughs> failure, or middle result. You know, that kind of stuff is, I guess, my favorite just because it's so... Simple and easy to handle and easily extensible. But then on a second level, if I had to play a D&D game, 5e, because it's just, it's so much more clear and modular. It's clear and modular. Yeah. Well, I, I want to hear, I want to hear from, so, I want to hear from other people who haven't thought about it as much. Yeah. It, was it just peer pressure? Let's be honest. No, no, it wasn't. I really do enjoy the, the 5e system, but I also would say, I don't think I've experienced my favorite system. 
Ah, I don't think I played it. Like you haven't found that system no. yet. I, I I think that I could I could like something better than Five E. I just haven't found it. Would you I would say, say that, that there's some a, of Daniel's a system shaped hole in your heart? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> some of Daniel's homebrews I would love to say I liked better than Five E. But the problem is I don't know what they are because the rules changed oh, every week. Sh- so, <laughs> snap. <laughs> so I can't, so so uh, which one? I mean, which do you have like some nostalgia for of Daniel's like <laughs> nostalgia? System? Something that happened two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, he's look, he looks like fun. He says, oh, gee, if this system were just a little bit more like Daniel's system. Yeah. Like, what do you think about? What I do you liked, fantasize about? I liked some of the... Tell scene. me your fantasies. I loved when I was, we were playing, um, what was the, it's the... the CCQ. CCQ. And yeah, I, I was playing a cleric. Okay. And I couldn't even, I didn't even, I didn't know what my powers were, but I was like just trying to do things. I was, my character was praying yeah, and that that's still he was in my in my out. most recent CCQ. That's still the case. The clerics don't get any information about what they what, can do if I they think can it's do anything. Super cool. Like to me, that's that's probably the one of the most interesting things that I've played not knowing what you can do is, at all is really interesting. You got to have faith. But I'm also <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's literally here's why the thing. I'm also the guy who likes to go and read the five E book and try to break the game. Like uh-huh, I want to. Uh-huh. So, but at the yeah. same time, I also love the mystery of trying to figure out how my character works. So, I don't know. Maybe so, your character doesn't so do anything opposite. and he's just like a worse fighter. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. So, so, if this were printed uh, for other people to play, it couldn't be a surprise or whatever. Like, Actually, it could w- be. When, when Would you roll on a table? No joke. So, I'm, I'm writing... Actually, I, I no have already, I've already written the cleric class for my, my system. Uh, we just haven't played it since then. But the rules are, don't... There are no rules for clerics. You literally just have to make up your own thing and don't tell your players what it is. That's yeah. the rule. Yeah. And then I, I, you know, do, do you I will help give them? my, help them? I will give like, my sample, like what I do. But when uh, you play, I encourage you not to do that. <laughs> either, either be uh-huh. like, you know, the, <laughs> be, the, the Shrek fedora tipper. And it's like, actually, there are no divine powers, and you're just <laughs> deceived. Uh, pray all you like, cleric. No one will save you but science. <laughs> so that's TM, fine. TM, TM, TM. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I feel attacked right now. but <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So I think that's a legitimate way to do it. Ver- all the way to yeah you look in the book and you say the words and then you know your bound chained god has to do whatever you say so you your know? magic secret rule set is to not provide any rules for it yeah <laughs> but that's that's the up. only case with every other class everything's laid out right uh-huh. but with the clerics you know it's kind of fun if you don't know what's going on how much of that so, should be player facing i mean should they know that they don't know what's going on. I, I, so what What I'm doing, okay. I'll just tell you what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, you just lay it out. Yeah. I have a literal, I mean, this is based on my own real life, but there is an actual prayer book that you get as a cleric that has like ceremonies in it, word for word and prayers. And so you as a cleric player would be like, well, I guess I should say this prayer because it's in the prayer book and it's contextually appropriate. I have no idea if it's gonna. The book doesn't tell you if it does anything. It just you think that your character would do that, and that's maybe what you do, or maybe you don't. And then the DM has his own corresponding set of rules that tells him what to do when this situation happens. 
Now, do you find that preferable to 5e's handling? Uh, you know, 5e is very precise about what being a cleric means, what powers you'll have. You can plan ahead for 20 levels if you so desire. Yeah, so... Or, or even... Okay. Very different, and this is something that you guys might not have looked at much, but uh, NGRs, uh, that's neoclassical geek, geek revival. Revival, yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the second edition uh, had a very different mechanic for divine powers and for like priest powers. Which I do like. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it was nice. And it's also pretty free form in that uh, it kind of has like categories of faith based things that you do to earn like faith points. Yeah, and, it's basically like you get merit points mm-hmm. and you can cash them in to do stuff. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Pelagianism. Yeah, you can catch them in to go to heaven. There you go. No, they're all gracious. Uh-huh. It's semi-Pelagianism. Uh-huh. But uh, I mean, on the flip side, you can also serve an evil god in that, like, uh, and get the same kind. Of, it's it's really cool. But cool. It, it was something you guys didn't mess mess with a whole because I, I don't think anybody was a faith based person. And it was actually in a kind of fiddly. You know, it was kind of fiddly. it's like something else to add. It was kind of fiddly and all that. But uh, I think you would have enjoyed it as a yeah, cleric. I think it would have. Because mm-hmm. you go out and do acts, you go save people, and you desecrate evil temples, and you destroy evil things. You build shrines. For me, you hold service. You destroy yeah. artifacts that are Ashra. evil. Name it. Any character with mm-hmm. holy powers, I love the idea that their their powers are ambiguous, and their actions influence what they can do and how they do, and if they do anything. Like I love that. But outside of the faith based stuff. I love having the like a 5e handbook where I can plan out 20 levels. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I hear that. I hear that. I received that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> I received that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love having a book that I can look at and go, the rules say I can do this. Can you just admit it's about the art? I mean, the art, art is pretty okay. Really good art. Now, you know, in my system, even for other characters, I don't. 1e art is the best. Look I don't. It is. I don't have anything beyond level one that you can read about. <laughs> it's, all, it's all DM facing or it just doesn't exist? If you want to develop, you literally have to just go out and do things and you don't know how it's going to happen. There are higher level spells, but you have to go learn them. And, you have and, to practice. And I'll say, you know, uh, I've been tempted, and I hope we, hope we pursue this more, of actually publishing something. Indeed. That would be great. <laughs> Indeed, but you know the problem with that is that it takes like, persistent effort yeah and, and, and not destroying all the rules you've created yeah. <laughs> like destroying all the content not <laughs> that name is like okay is well over. time to burn this now <laughs> but it is a different sort of pleasure uh-huh. i can understand the pleasure of knowing in advance what you're driving toward in in specificity and then seeing yourself on the path gradually getting closer until you finally achieve it like like on a video game when you know you need the certain build and you're working toward it and then you get it Right, it's a different kind of pleasure. Yeah, and for me, uh, for me, NGR, I feel like captured the flavor of what it is to be uh, a, a cleric. What I would think of as as a cleric that you gain your power from service, and you gain your power from service of, of your deity, like in a direct way, versus being a different kind of uh, wizard. I mean, you're just like another wizard, you're like a fighty wizard, and uh, in five E. Also, things with patrons like that. Those Th- are- there's no real difference. There's no difference, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, is it, is it, what is it in D&D? Is it a sorcerer that has patrons? Warlock. No, warlock. Warlocks. Warlocks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, technically in NGR, neoclassical geek revival, uh, the clerics are just a subset of wizards. Yeah, so, 
yes, maybe. So you create, like you create your own class, but I just mean that but an they are essential very d- part of a cleric is yes. their, I find their magic, their their faith-based magic, and I feel like it captures the faith-based magic really well there. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I get you. Yes. I know what you're saying. Yes. All right. Do we, so, so, so Stefano, hey Jim, I mean, if you if want why me, did you say 5e? If you well, want me to have a better, a different <laughs> system, no. then run, run it again. I didn't really chime it. in because mm-hmm. I think that my answer has already been kind of hinted at, but I'm like new-ish. Mm-hmm. I've been playing with y'all for, I think, two years or something like that. And since I've played, we did a bunch of the Dungeon Academy stuff. Okay. And then we did a whole bunch of literally one time. Wait, you were in Dungeon time. Academy? Toward the end of it. Whoa. That was the when I started. And then there was a whole bunch of like one shots that I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> And then we never played them again. <laughs> like, toward the end, I think I started figuring it out, and then we never played it again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And 5e um, is just easy. Like, mm-hmm. it's easy to pick up, and mm-hmm. the double-edged sword aspect of 5e, to me, is because it's so easy, it leaves room to really, like, explore your character, but it also makes it where you don't have to do that. And so um, that's the only, like, it's kind of double-edged. Are right? you saying it's burdened, it, it's overdefined? It's no. o- overdefined mechanically, so you look at your you look at your character sheet for what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and whereas you, can, you don't look at the fictional world, for right? What you're supposed and to. you could yeah. spend the whole time basically just playing from the character sheet. Um, mm-hmm. We have done that many yep. a time, yep. and yeah. when we played Fourth Edition, it was even more so. You mm-hmm. literally look at this; your character sheet are, is like little cards mm-hmm. uh, that have moves on them, right? Yeah, and, power cards, yeah. <laughs> yeah, moves and power cards. And it's really funny. So uh, I guess I, you know, we haven't really talked about it before, but I, I, I really like the that Pathfinder campaign that we ran through the AP, yeah, the, the uh, uh, Quick Start or whatever it was, the Cauldron yeah. thing. The oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on the name <clears> right now. I don't it's remember awful. what it was called. Well, it, it was the playtest, right? And that's the no, other. no. The if uh, we started way back in the day, we started in like 2002 or 2003. Oh. Uh, with the shackled uh, shackled city. That wasn't AP. Pathfinder. That was no, no, not Pathfinder. That's three point five. Yes, yeah, yeah. So no, it originally started as three point five. Okay, but we played it in fourth edition some years later. Okay, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then we played it in fifth edition some years later, like up upgrading each of the things. And and I'll say, you know, so playing the same same adventure path. Uh, we didn't replay any content, but it was you know chapter by chapter. We played in three point five. We played in four. We played in fifth edition. Okay, we didn't do anything else. Okay, uh, and a lot of that like fourth edition stuff was lovingly, lovingly translated from three point five to fourth edition by by yours truly. If you uh, if you care, we, we went on a trip down to Mobile to his apartment <laughs> when he was in med school, <laughs> and we played. <laughs> I remember I was a ranger. And it was a really I, good time, and I had this stance. Oh, I, I took remember. Some, I, I can't remember. It was some stance of something that fourth edition, uh-huh. and it like lets me shoot an arrow as a free attack every time some creature moves towards me. And That's I remember right. I was high on Benadryl the entire time <laughs> yeah. because there were cats. Because they're cats. Because <laughs> yeah. my roommate's cat, Solly. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but anyways. Fried pickles. Uh, it, was, it was a good time. It was a good time. <laughs> and then we played fifth edition. Okay. Of those three editions... I, I do have a soft spot for 3.5. Yeah, that's what we started with. Yeah, I do. I do. It was... It was uh, there's so much I like about it, really. But I will say probably the best edition of those is fifth edition. I just have to yeah. say. 3.5 is very similar to 5th. 
It's just like a more rationalized Advanced. version of fifth out of three point five. I, I, I hate to be a tour, but there was this one time that uh, they had to fight a beholder. Turns out, spoiler alert, the mayor of the city was actually a beholder. <gasps> what? Yeah. He fit into like a little suit of transmutation or whatever. <laughs> why, do, why do people do this? <laughs> so, uh, so he walked around as a man all the time. Anyways, so they had this climactic battle where they fought this beholder. Oh, and is that the monk turned to stone? That's right. And okay. then the resident tour, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, he was he loved his monk, and he was like bouncing around all over the place. He jumped on top of it. He he wanted to grapple it, and so he grabbed onto its little uh, stalks. And one of the stalks that turned uh, turned things to stone hit him and turned him to stone. <laughs> and then he fell from it fell from we had a to height. Do, we had to do the math. <laughs> we had to crunch the numbers for how much force that would actually cause and like, what the likely damage would be. Or like we, he, we calculate he, how much you weighed. Like if you got that's right. stone, how much would you weigh? That's right. And how high up was he when he turned to stone? <laughs> that was one of those really nerdy, like tour kind of moments. Uh, it made for a great story because uh, he landed on, on the beholder and it crushed him. The beholder could not hold him up. It was ridiculous. Uh, well, anyway. it didn't kill him, but it almost killed him. It pinned him to the ground and almost killed him. That's right. And then he tried to escape by floating up into a little hole mm-hmm. in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And somebody's sorcerer, I can't, it may have been me, maybe someone else, I don't remember, mm-hmm. was like, well, last ditch ever, we can't reach him. I throw a dagger, I guess. And it was one of those really funny <laughs> times. That was in fifth edition, by the way. Literally yeah. like one HP kind of a thing. You yep. happen to hit him with your dagger yep. as a sorcerer and you actually killed him. <laughs> so, great. It was great. Yeah. That's, it was one of those times the that. podcast, isn't it? It might have been. I don't my, think no. so. I think that was pre-podcast. I don't think any. I, I don't think any story. shackled yeah, city. Yeah, I mean, I mean. we think, probably talked about it once. Yeah, I don't think any shackled city actually made it no. to the podcast. That's one ever. of our favorite D and D stories, though. And it yeah, was five well, B. There's, was a, there's a lot of stories. Of there's a story too where you guys <laughs> ended up tattooing your faces that time. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was in Wait, actually what? that was actually in fourth edition i think was it tattooing our yep. faces no that was fifth edition right yeah so that's like my brother matt was here you were here tim was here we had a couple other players and it, it boiled down to this they i don't know they went to some other plane or something and they navigated this plane they made it to this place there's a lich so d <laughs> d ran from the lich like ran around the lich to get to this place that they thought they had to be oh i remember okay you had like a guide right you had this 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 little uh, turtley guide person. I I don't remember what his name was. You were DMing. That's right. I was DMing. Uh, okay, okay. But uh, but I don't remember. But anyways, the so 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 he he and D like skirted around and went to this like light thing that was like shooting through the top of this building, and uh and then this dude tele like telekinesis he he telekinetically picked up Daniel. And put him into the beam while you guys are fighting the lich, oh, and you guys didn't know that because because yeah. <laughs> we did that thing where you guys like leave the room and like yeah. resolve yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And he burned burned up in this uh, <laughs> in this flame. And anyways, everyone else made it. Uh, they made it. Uh, they made it past the lich. They beat the lich. Uh, they got to the other side. They they met this guy, and they thought he was like really really powerful. Yeah, because he just killed D, just put him in the fire, and, and mm-hmm. they didn't know what to make of this guy. And he wanted them to vow their allegiance. And oh, okay. uh, and in order to value their allegiance, I was like, I don't know if it's the craziest thing, like a face tattoo. So he literally branded their faces using the heat of this beam that was like coming out of the middle of this thing. 
uh, and they accepted the brand. And then that came a char- became a character in Shackled City. It was like their patron. <laughs> that's, right. <laughs> we, we, that's right. We served him. Uh-huh, you served that patron. I remember I lost two PCs in that single session. Oh, it was great. It was very rough. But anywho, so all that to say. 5e can I, be good. I understand, I understand why you say 5e. I, I understand. I but. feel like it's the number, it's the most consistently number two because it can appeal to so many audiences. Wait, but it was your number one. That's well, true. I made it my number one because it was so appealable. And it was so... <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it's not... Like, I would probably still go with... Uh, like, in many ways, it's hard for me to not go with fourth edition because I do like that... You video, you have a real soft spot for fourth video edition. I, I know you do. mid-maxing capability of fourth edition. Uh-huh. Um, but fifth edition really does kind of let you do both with simplifying it um, and making kind of the feel of 3.5. But you also know what? I bet there could be a, a hack. There could be a hack of fourth edition that tries to tone it down. And you, you still use your powers in combat, but you make them more like down to earth and plausible, such that mm. it's still tactical, but like instead of, you know, whatever disassociated mechanic, like if you push someone back, it's because you're literally pushing them. Mm-hmm. And instead of it being 15 feet from a kick, it's just, you know, three squares. And mm-hmm. that that space is abstract, you know, kind of. Eh, you could do it if you wanted to, and then outside of combat, those things don't apply anymore. Well, this is less a system and more just an aesthetic. But I think like the second time I played, mm-hmm. we played something called Ryutama. Yes, that was like oh. a little Japanese, uh, and I don't remember anything about the system except that I had no idea what was happening as far as like the rule set. But I just remember the whole aesthetics of it was just like cute as hell. I don't. Th- that was the travel I mean, like, game, right? That's the travel game. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was. I thought that was was fun. Yeah, it was fun. yeah. A lot of people use that, and then they'll they'll use the rules for that, and then mix it with a normal D and D game mm. for other stuff. So what you're saying is, you said five E because if you go to a grocery store and you see a lot of different kinds of sodas, you have Coke. You have all these other random sodas. You just gravitate to Coke. We're in Alabama. All you have is different kinds of Coke. Give me a Coca-Cola. All right. Well, uh, we'll we have a, a knock on the break. door. Uh, no Re out for a sec. So Stefano in the break, he was trying to tell us about his Pathfinder experience. Oh, no. All I was saying was... And why he hates Pathfinder. Why it's yeah. his favorite system. Well, so I lived in Florida for a while. And I played bless your heart. (laughs) And I played uh, Pathfinder with some guys in Florida, and then a couple of them moved away, and then I moved away, and that was the end of it. Mm -hmm. And so I really haven't played a ton of different systems except for what I've done here. We're only going to play Pathfinder from now on, just so you know. Awesome. (laughs) I quit. Well, I just remember (laughs) there were some good things about Pathfinder that we did enjoy mechanically. The only thing Mm -hmm. about it that I remember Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. they were like, "All right, so you're going to play a fighter." Mm-hmm. Because it's pretty straightforward, and you don't have to learn any of the other rules. True. Um, because I'd never played before, and they had been playing. I like joined a game that had been going on for a while. So, uh, and we didn't play it very long before people started moving away. So, so I didn't even play it enough to have a strong opinion one way or the other. Okay, so you don't really view it warmly or anything. I don't have any or coolly. But yeah. what about the art? Do you like the art? Wayne Reynolds, <laughs> artiste extraordinaire. I mean, it's the man good. has drawn uh, ten thousand buckles. Oh God, at least? Are you yeah, kidding? At least, <laughs> at least ten thousand. And he's good at it. 
I'll tell you what. All right, let's get into our first Reddit question. And this is a live, dear Gary. I don't I don't have these questions have no prepped. Ad- yeah, we have no answers prepped. I've just been scrolling. Here it is. Here's our first one. Do you consider it cheating if a player looks up monster stats mid-battle? I was dimming for the first time a few weeks ago, and during the battle with the monster, I knew they couldn't beat. Did you say dimming? DMing. Uh, DMing. I, I thought you said dimming. I was just The checking. fight helped move the plot did. along, so it was necessary. Okay. Red alert. One of the players looked up how many hit Wait, points. he knew they had. couldn't win, but they had to do no, it. No, he's the DM. Okay. And he, I guess, decides that they have to have this fight and that they can't beat the monster. I, you know, don't. Okay, let's not worry about that. All right. One of the players looked up the HP and told the others to give up fighting because of this. Uh, this feels like cheating to me, question mark. Uh, up talk, intonation rising at the end of my sentence. I had another DM at the table as a player, and they didn't do this or even comment on how hard they thought the monster was. So, dot, 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 have you had players do this? And do you tolerate it? Uh, I think it is bad form. Yeah, I think, yes, you have people do it. Yes, he tolerates it, but yeah, it's bad form. It's No, it's not cheating, because, I mean, you're really only cheating yourself. It's not like the DM is really against like getting anything out of it. If you yeah, will. if I saw one of you guys looking up HP at the table, I would be like, stop. Yeah. Nope, stop it. But I wouldn't kick you out. You're ru- you might be ruining your own fun, but that's about it. It's like This is our virtue versus consequentialism <laughs> conversation, right? Like, like it's not going to get you cast out, but it's kind of It definitely sucks. doesn't cultivate yeah. your virtue. <laughs> yeah, not cultivating virtue for sure. Uh, do I care? I don't know if I'm really searching my heart of hearts. I guess I don't, but I don't. Yeah, I don't care if you know, but I'd prefer uh-huh. you not look it up. Yeah, that's that's kind yeah. of yeah. Like, for uh, we play so so much, we played so many times, we know roughly we can gauge like what the difficulty of a creature is. You know, go ahead and look I'll, it up. But uh-huh. um, I don't think there's anything wrong with the DM not presenting the monster with stats at is as is, like. Mm-hmm. So the book might say that, but that may not be how the DM wrote it. He may have wrote it. Mm-hmm. Trick is made. May have written it slightly. But different. then, but then that also goes to another issue: is it virtuous to change the monsters? If you set a certain expectation in the game world and you're playing by a rule set like D and D five e, should you change the monster stats? Mm. The rules are more like guidelines than actual rules. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like the players changing their their powers on the character sheet or something like that. No, <laughs> no, 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 not the same. They can we, you can have a conversation with your DM about that. Uh-huh. And yeah, I feel like it's it, like it, we have made a contract that we're going to play according to this rule no, set. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because uh-huh. it could get really annoying if your DM is like changing up the rules for the monsters all the time. I know because I've done it, and people have been really annoyed. We're at like, me, hey, and it's justified. <laughs> so I think you need to say, hey. I want you to run them raw. Mm-hmm. And then he needs to say, Yeah, yes it's a or skeleton, no. but it's a 6 HD skeleton. Yeah, and you can't uh, hurt him uh, except with a black fire <laughs> from black the abyss. Because <laughs> it's super cool skeleton. Well, I think you can, you can, you could also work that in. Like, there's something different about this, this, this monster. You don't have to say that outright, but you can describe the I, monster in such a way that you think, Oh, something's weird about this monster. If you're gonna vary the stats, I mean, you you have to make it clear that you're varying the stats. I feel like, otherwise, it's like you're just trying to get this like gotcha thing, 
you know, oh, gotcha. Maybe. I, I <laughs> you, think, did you choose to fight the skeleton? I mean, I guess it depends on why you're doing it. What an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. I, I, I think it would only be fun if you completely randomized it. So, like, you ran into a bunch of them and they had, like, no armor class and, like, one hit point. And you were like, wow, we just killed 37 skeletons. And then they meet, like, one and it's like... <laughs> completely like a level 20 skeleton. <laughs> Adamantium skeleton in full blade armor and a chainsaw. Oh, this is the skeleton god. Um... But if, Save if, versus death. If they set it sight. up on purpose, that wouldn't be fun. But if it was completely random and no one knew, then I think that would be funny. I would hate that. Fascinating. Yeah, I don't know. I think looking up the the monster stats is probably, you know, like what what was the word you used? Bad, bad taste. Form. Oh, bad bad form. form. It's a faux yeah. pas. Uh. It's bad form, but I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's, I wouldn't, fine. Okay, it's not okay, cheating. Okay. I would not call it cheating. I would not so, go so consider this, is there not enough going on at the table that someone is able to look up the monster stats and analyze them and talk to everyone about them? Maybe that it needs g- to be busier. Maybe you got to keep that yeah. pace. If you're, if you're fudging your yeah, roles. What are you doing? What are you doing looking up the character? Go. <laughs> right. Cheating would be fudging your roles, no fudging your money, um, those kinds of things. Like, yeah. Like the, Guilty. That's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I didn't say I've never done it. I just said it's cheating. <laughs> well, but so so like in AD&D where you have to declare what you're doing before anything else happens and then you have like 10 minutes of sitting there watching other people do math. Well, you can totally do that in that. I mean, it wouldn't be I'm 10 not saying minutes. you should. It I'm wouldn't just, be 10 minutes if we kept playing. Like next time we play, it won't be Look, ten minutes. And this comes Speaking back around to our system talk, but I like this system, by the way. I, I'll say for me, but you like the one E system. Yeah, you like all the segments do. and all that. I'm, there's something about it; it's really I, intriguing to me. I do kind of see the charm in it. I don't know if it's perfect, but um, I also don't know it very well. You so. should. We should be like KJV only uh, Gary Gygax fundamentalists. And say that like one e is inspired, and you have to like <laughs> take it absolutely rules as written. Even the weapon versus AC uh, table yes. inspired. <laughs> and if you think it's wrong, you just haven't thought about it. It doesn't long fit enough. your intuition. Oh wow, that's oh, tough. Maybe your expectations well, are miscalibrated. Maybe your intuition's wrong. Exactly. <laughs> well, the weapons versus armor class thing was created by the Council of Nicaea, and it's not canon. So well, uh, wrong on both counts there. Okay, yeah, so. I, I agree. There is a certain charm uh, to the to the 1E stuff. But there's also a certain charm for combat being quick and effective and simple and yes. limiting options instead of looking yes. at 10 different things on a character sheet. Yes. Anyways, it, it, just throwing it out there because it keeps stuff like moving. Bah, 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 bah. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I think we've, we've done that question to its end. Uh, do we have any other questions, or else I'll go with my second one? Uh, uh, Stefano had a really long one, but but I do, but it's not actually that long if I don't read it all. Well, so don't read it all. I won't. <laughs> all right. So this guy is DMing a five E campaign, and he says a bunch of stuff, and he names all the games he's ever played. I don't know why. And he says, that being said, I'm running into a recurring issue with one of my PCs, and I was hoping this stellar community might have a helpful suggestion (laughs) or two. What is the community? Uh, Probably Gigi No Read, to be honest. Oh, okay. Um, Uh, Thank you. Thank you. uh, He says, um, he hates the word community. It seems that every character, this player, who's also my roomie, brings to the table, he gets really into the character's backstory and motivation. This, of course, is great. I love it. 
da, 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 da. Um, God, this is long. But invariably, the characters this player has end up having motivations that don't lend themselves well to the rest of the party or the main storyline. Um, his characters are less interested in helping others and usually have some <laughs> ultimate goal completely re- removed from the plot line of the game. This leads to arguments with the other PCs about whether or not to help certain NPCs, and he quite often seems uninterested in following the rest of the party uh, and driving the story. I'm running out of tricks. I've talked him out of game, given suggestions, <laughs> um, and I'm telling him he should just walk off into the sunset and roll a new character who can get with the program. So the gist uh, yeah. of it is how I do you hear manage more. this character? <laughs> I want to hear more about his motivations. Like, what does he want? <laughs> I, I remember we did have a player who was very interested in feet. Everything came back around to feet. And I was like, that's not a character motivation. And he's like, feet. <laughs> There's so many cases of this, yeah. and it's all always solved by saying, okay, so this is why I have as ground, and why in old school editions you get XP for treasure so that everyone has a baseline default motivation of getting money so that even if your main dramatic motivation isn't active right now or can't be acted upon. You can at least go along with the other players to get stuff that will make you better. So if the player can't do that, he needs to just roll a new one and and make it make sense. I think that baseline that you've established that everybody's here, your motivation for being here is you need money for something. At least. At least. Mm -hmm. But not just that. Not just, but at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that mitigates a lot of that. Yeah. For for me as a DM, I feel really comfortable if someone's doing something like that, uh, saying, "Okay, well, the action is here. This is where our focus is. This is the you know this is what the camera's on. You can go do your own thing, but I guess that means you're not playing with us." <laughs> well, and it, and it was a, it like was a, like this is where the action is, <laughs> and the, the the whole question was like multi 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 paragraphs. But the gist of it sounds like that's what this guy is doing, and instead mm-hmm. of just letting him do whatever yeah he's like trying to pull him aside and be like bro you have Mm -hmm. to do exactly what i want you to do if you want to play with us you actually have to play with Mm -hmm. us it's here here you go it's called just socialization right right, right. that's what we right take normal thing take the guy and the things that he wants to do let him do them but instead of playing them out roll for success uh, see, they, so simplify. That's an idea. Hey, I want to go get this special blah, blah, blah thing over in this other place. Okay, well, um, they're going to go do this. And while we're doing when you roll to see if you're successful. And then we're going to go act all this out. You can just sit there and be quiet while we do our thing because we're not acting your thing out. Well, in the in the virtual campaign that I run, if they want to do something that I think is dumb, that is 100% how I try to redirect them. Like, I'm like, yeah, just roll uh you're gonna have to do a couple of different checks here against an arbitrarily high dc i mean i don't tell them that but and then they fail at whatever completely unrelated thing they want to do and then they're like okay i'm back with you guys and i mean it's pretty straightforward it's like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay i have another question my my player don't role play posted four hours ago Mm. Uh a fresh one oh yeah (laughs) okay 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 Hi, I'm a new DM, and I'm running a game for a bunch of new players. I notice that they do not roleplay very much. They only speak in character during social encounter, and in the rest of the game, they only tell me what their characters do. (laughs) Sounds fine. This is very awkward in combat because I'm the only one to describe the actions that the characters and the monsters take, and if I forget, combat just becomes a math game. 
Okay, many such cases. <laughs> and they don't even call each other by their character's name. I talked to them, and they said that they would like to role-play more, so I started throwing more occasion to do so at them without much success. I know that the majority of these problems are tied to all of them being new to D&D, but is there something that I should do to help them to role-play more? Dress up in full LARP gear. Yep, there it is. That's, that's the, it. That's the, yep. And mandate it for all your players. Yep. That is such a it's, broad question. It's, like, it's funny that he thinks they're playing wrong. Yeah, that <laughs> seems like they're playing perfectly fine and normally uh-huh. to me, and reasonably. So yeah. so I've DM'd a group before that was uh, like 80% girls, okay? And what was great is they were super into role-playing. They love to be their character the whole time. They love to talk in their character's voice the whole time. Uh, all this and that's that's one way of playing okay then I had a guy in the group <laughs> who was not into that at all <laughs> you know uh, so so I mean it's just player preferences really I mean that's and the funny thing is he says they only talk in character during social encounters yeah like that's that's when you're supposed to that seems right <laughs> yeah no. mm-hmm. and the funny thing is the first comment the top comment prompt them with questions I attack well what does your attack look like uh huh so many people say this. It's so irrelevant. It How do you kill the orc? It literally does not matter. It is completely epiphenomenal. You hit him. How does he die? <laughs> the, the joke that we always say is that people think role playing is describing how how <laughs> exactly. you kill something, and that's literally what the top comment said. Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> nice. Uh, so there is no problem role playing is not speaking in your character's voice that's not you can speak not in your character's voice the entire session and still have role played here's here's a if I text one of y'all and don't call you by uh, your character name am I like and and I think think I'm so glad what he may in fact have is a systems frustration Mm. he may actually be grinding down into some math and that's all there that's all there he wants it to be you guys making important decisions, important things happening, like you know events moving forward, exploration. He wants it to be all this stuff, but instead they're just grinding on math. And these are new players who don't understand how the math works, so all they're talking about is math. Yeah, oh, okay. So it could be expression of a system frustration. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a good comment a few, a few down that says, that's fine, talking in character isn't role-playing. It can be part of role-playing, but role-playing is asking the question, what would this person do that's right that is exactly the the proper answer okay john what were you gonna say so i'm really glad you asked this question because i had a dear gary that is hand in hand um dear gary i need some advice on how to voice act for my characters in 5e this is Ah, that's great to a community of dungeon masters i'm fairly new to D &D. i've only been playing for a few months and i wanted to start by bringing my characters and my quest to life i have a kobold a uh, tabaxi and a lizard folk. Why are there so many tabaxi? Oh my every, god! Every post I see is I'm a tabaxi swashbuckler. <laughs> and I have an idea for a kobold. I'm going to base him off of Deacon Scalesinger. I'm what? I'm having trouble with their speech pattern mostly. Base him off of what? Exactly. I'm having trouble with their speech pattern mostly. I read about it in Volo's Guide to Monsters, but I'm going to need some help dumbing it down to my level. <laughs> so the, the first comment. The, the first sentence of the first comment is, 
you also don't need to do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the top comment? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you also don't need to do this. <laughs> Stop. So what's great is he's picking, like, animals. So yeah. He's picking ba- unreal creatures, animals, and he's like, let me talk like them. <laughs> so Tabaxi is like a cat furry, Yeah, right? it's a furry. Uh-huh. It's, it's a, cat a furry. Right. Yeah, that's, that's the answer. So it's like, how does a lizard talk? Ooh. Did yours do that? Yeah. Okay. If a lizard talks like a human, just talk like a human. I don't understand. No, the the correct answer is just look at what Skyrim does and then do that. (laughs) That's great. Kajit has a way. No, I'm just just saying. I am Tabaxi. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, all these things have been uh, what anthropomorphized creatures, uh, you know, animals. Just act like a human and you're doing it right. I don't understand. Like, yeah. they can have a funny voice if you want, but just talk because that's what they were designed to do. They weren't designed to talk like lizards and to like hiss and like crawl around. Just overcharge people for crafting ingredients. And that's right. For role play exactly. as a uh, cat. It's a vaccine, yeah. Or like hiss and meow and stride. I, I, don't, I don't understand. Hiss, yeah. hiss. But yeah, uh, seriously, if you do want a nice uh, accent coach, literally just look at video games that have those kinds of characters and then just do what they do. It's that simple. It's that simple, folks. Imagine, I'm, saying, I'm saying it's even simple. Yes, you can copy stuff like that, but I'm just saying it doesn't but matter because they are actual, supposed to be humanoids. Who knows what the actual like cat, half cat, half human mouth would sound like when it speaks? Exa- so, yeah. So my advice would be just try to look at a cat and like move your mouth and hold your mouth in some way that makes it feel more like a cat's mouth. I mean, I don't know. So, so if it works for me. They would definitely sound Welsh. So so I take take dry beans and then I take cotton. Okay, so (laughs) on the outside of my cheek, I put dry beans. Now we're talking. No, listen, I I take dried, they have to be pinto beans. Okay. (laughs) So I line the outside of my cheek with that. How many? Okay, then I take cotton. How Uh, many? It depends on the cheek. Okay. Uh, I take about, you know, between three-eighths and five-eighths of a bag. Do you have a specific uh-huh. terroir uh-huh. you're looking bag. for with your pinto beans? Like uh, uh, like only from like Oaxaca I'll, or something? I also take a I handful think that of dried rice, mm-hmm. shove it in there too. Yeah, and then so then you take cotton and you put that on top of the beans. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you hold your mouth <laughs> you like this. You got yourself a stew going, baby. You hold your mouth like this. A stew going. <laughs> I, usually, I usually take a handful I'm, of saltines and I crush I'm them up. I'm a and I shove it I'm in my mouth. <laughs> and then I whistle. This is my. That's right. This is my fist push. <laughs> um, so the, the one, the one, the one episode of Critical Role that I listened to. I just remembered thinking, wow, all of these people are professional voice actors. Yeah. And all of these people oh. are really bad at all of the voices <laughs> that they're doing. Oh, you sound like funny humans. Right. This is wow, also not creative. how real people act in the, uh-huh. Yeah, the funny thing is... One of them had a Russian accent the whole time, and I was like, are there Russians in this world that you're in? Okay. The funny thing is, I was looking at some of... The, uh, I was looking at information about some video game, and I saw that one of the voice actors was a guy that had been in Critical Role and I didn't notice in the video game which I had already played that he was from Critical Role because it just sounded like a normal guy and yeah that's the way it is like the voices <laughs> that they do are not voices that they would do professionally right it's so funny uh, you can also do the Demosthenes just put a bunch of pebbles in your mouth mm-hmm. and then just talk yeah the guy who did the 
Sid the Sloth from Ice Age. I think he put like a pickle on the top of his tongue or something. So put a pickle John on Leguizamo? his tongue. There you go. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Uh, mechanical Luigi. voices. There you go. There In the go. original Mario Brothers movie. I don't remember what he sounded like. No, I was just saying John Leguizamo was. Oh, Luigi oh, he was original. Luigi. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god, that movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. It's been a long. Time. My wife's been trying to get me to watch the movie for so long. I remember the, the Koopas? original Mario? Remember the Koopas? Yes. Yeah, you need the to Toastals, watch it. You've never seen it. Bowser. So I, have, I have actively avoided watching. <laughs> no, no, no. It. I own it. It's at my house. It you is have something, it? dude. I own it. Dude. Oh my. So basically, we base all our role-playing off of the original Mario Brothers movie. That's true. Yeah. I'll just bring it over here and we can watch it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> last time, lightning round. I'm just going to read three questions, answer them all, and then we're going to be over because Jim has to go. Yes, I have two minutes. Is killing a player okay to you? Yes. 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 Anyone oh my God, want, yeah. Anyone want to help me name some dragons? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a professional DM. Ask me anything. No. 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 <laughs> All right. That's it. Did you know Wait. me? Wait. <laughs> professional? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hold on. I, I make, I, I make $10,000 every three years. Wait, wait, wait. I'm a professional DM. Ask me anything. Tell me about your 401k. <laughs> Credentials, please. <laughs> show me, show me your certificate. Show me, show me your diploma. Why are you professional? Oh, yeah. I figured I'd take this as a chance to spread awareness. (laughs) (laughs) Of what? Of being a professional DM. Oh. Curious. Professional implies you make a living DMing, or do you mean you charge people to DM for them? I don't make my full living off of it, but I've been charging people for sessions for almost two years. (laughs) No way. So I think I can call myself professional, LOL. Nice. I have another job outside of DMing. Well, so do I. So I guess I'm a professional how did, DM. Hey, how pay, did me five, feel, pay me a dollar and I'm... Oh, my God. We're professional DMs. Yeah, because we get money we, for it. We get money and we DM. Yeah. Cool. Oh, my well, God. Look at that. Well, would you look at well, that? Well, I did add that to my resume. Yeah, everyone who has DM'd uh-huh. for Gigi Nori, uh-huh. you're a professional Snap. DM. Heck, yeah, man. I'm gonna, I've only done I'm, it I once. need a name tag. Jim, yep. professional DM. Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna up, wear that to uh, Dragon Con this I'm year. update my R slash D&D flair. This is inspiring me to DM more. Yeah. Now that I'm a professional DM. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's been it. GG Nori.